This is Sarah Elizabeth, and you're listening to Front Porch Radio in Columbia, Tennessee, 101.7 WKOM. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter. Like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. 
Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Need no intro show, don't need no intro music. I won't do anything with you, don't want to do anything with you, don't want to do anything with you, as I once said. But I want to do something with you today, which is two solid hours, maybe three, maybe maybe five of sports conversation out in front of you, breaking it down scientifically, moving right to left across your device. And through your radio dial, in stereo. Dr. Sean Sinclair is here today. No Watson Brown. I haven't even told Cinco what I have in mind for today, but let's go right here, Sean. Everybody's focused on portal mania, which is running wild. And uh, a couple things that I want to discuss here. First of all... I want to get your thoughts before we go along, and, and good day to you. Hope you're well. Same to you and your family, Tony. Thank you, um, Brian Hartman. Thank you last night for doing Gar's Law, uh, Tennessee basketball overtime Vols with a rather convincing walkover win over Mason, who's got a pretty nice basketball team, but Tennessee sort of overpowered them. It was great to see Dalton connect back on the floor, and I'll have some thoughts on that. In the meantime, on the front burner, a couple things. First of all, Tennessee's in tra- tra- uh, terrific shape with this Joe Lee guy, this tight end from Connecticut. Sean, do you find Joe Lee to be an upgrade if uh, Tennessee can get home with him? I don't know. Uh, I think I thought that, um, I guess we'll see. Uh, I thought that um, the Castles kid would be uh, an upgrade. And so I, I guess you just never know what you're going to get. I'm not saying Castles wasn't, but it takes a while to get acclimated and fit into the role you need. And the SEC is so much different of a league. So I'm not sure. But what I am impressed with is that Tennessee seems to be identifying people quickly yep. and, and, being the, and being the front runners to get these kids on campus. So that tells me that uh, the program has uh, a healthy staff looking into this. They are being progressive and not reacting. Uh, so I, I can appreciate that as far as what they're doing. My understanding from talking to people, and, and I like this, okay, I'm, I'm for this, not again it. But they walked up to him, somebody did, and basically let it be known when they were shaking hands on the field, hey, we'd like to talk to you. Because he had a really nice game in Neyland Stadium. And I'm going to tell you something. To me, there's nothing wrong with that. To me, that to me, it's, uh, to me, that's smart. 
I mean, if I'm if I see a guy and he plays against me, and I see that he can play, and he passes my eyeball test, and I'm Josh Heupel or somebody on his staff, why not walk right over to him and say, hey, man, we like you? And you've got a big advantage because he's seen your stadium. He's played in your, That's exactly in your right on your campus. And why not strike while the iron's hot? It's so like t- an official, unofficial, official visit. Tennessee's in excellent shape with him. The second thing Rick, is th- those things kind of go both ways. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully that doesn't happen to one of our stars. Well, that's a good point, but that's the ga- that's the nature of what we're doing, right, Sean? It is. It, unfortunately, that's the climate we live. Let me ask you this: As somebody, because you and I always used to laugh and act we off the air in the old days, we'd laugh about how. Our, our fan, any fan, would always think that guys were choosing schools because, you know, they liked ice cream in the cafeteria, as we used to say. And it's not as overt as it is now. It wasn't as overt as it is now. But here's what I'm hearing, Sean, being whispered about this Seton guy. And, again, a lot of times when you hear figures, I, I think you've got to you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt. But I'm just going to give you the scuttlebutt of what, what's out there in the industry talking to. And by the way, we're just going to, um, we're going to uh, chop it up here in hour one. So if you want to get in, 865-200-5402. Again, 865-200-5402. Tomorrow, Jordan Seaton, IMG Academy by way of the Washington, D.C. area is supposed to uh, make a decision. Now, the scuttlebutt on him in the industry is that the asking price from their family for him is, let me make sure I read this properly. Hang on, pick, pick, pick my phone up here. It's also the one I'm on Twitter spaces, so I hope I don't make you all beating and banging my phone there. It's uh, $2.3 million over three years. Sean, is that, do you feel like that's commensurate with what went on when we landed those five-star guys a couple years ago and, you know, had to pay them? What do you think the number was back then versus now? Because it looks like we were having a proliferation of salaries. I, I was just talking to somebody that would know, and I said, what? What are these frontline Southeastern Conference teams going to do in terms of putting, you know, uh, payroll? And he said it's going to cost between fifteen and twenty million dollars if you want to vie for a playoff. That's what they're projecting. That's a far cry, Sean, from a couple years ago when we were talking about five million dollar rosters, eight million dollar rosters. Do you think? that the cost of doing business here because it's semi out in the open is proliferating or do you think this kind of thing because this guy is supposed to be a five-star blindside tackle yes or no that's correct right a signature one of those three-year guys you plug in sean is 2.3 million for three years that is that about what it took several years ago like if you were to average it out for inflation and all that no that is um Look, I remember 
back in the day uh, with Albert Means, the talk was hundred thousand to three hundred thousand dollars. I don't remember exactly, and that that was thought to be publishers clearinghouse money ball money back then. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. I don't, I'm a couple things. One, the guru of all this is Grant Furking, uh, who was involved uh, for he's a VFL. I think he went to on three as their NIL guru. So we're plugged in. Spires plugged into probably what the rate is. Uh, last year, uh, we were very much in the Francis Malaga uh, uh, sweepstakes. He was the most recent IMG number one rated tackle, and he went down to Miami uh, because of it was thought because of uh, NIL, and he started from day one. So, you know, this kid is of the same pedigree, I believe. Uh, and then you're starting to, does it keep escalating? I wouldn't think so because Miami had a deal where you, you were starting to hear that they weren't paying. We obviously saw that Florida lost the quarterback, and they're, that they're leaking air right now. Uh, there's some talk that Texas A&M and Kentucky are losing players right now because of, of quote-unquote promises. That's money uh, that's not being realized. So I really don't know where it goes. But much like you saw Nico. Uh, if he's what we think he is, he's probably a bargain, and we got certainly millions of dollars worth of recruiting credit, e-credit, props, whatever you want to think. And this would be it too. I, I, I remember this kid when he first started, you know, coming out as the number one offensive lineman, and there were some irregularities in his recruitment that kind of caught my eye. One, he was openly looking to take way more official visits than the five that's his prerogative but that's highly unusual and that speaks to somebody um i would think that that's quote unquote looking around so you always want to be aware of that um so i don't know you know it's uh it, it is those kind of guys you want guys to protect the quarterback you want the quarterback and you want guys to rush the quarterback as james pierce so if that's the going rate, that's the going rate, and I'm for one, I'm just glad we're there. I, I can tell you this: the volunteer club, with their three or four thousand members, they're not. This is this is billionaire money. I mean, the, the Spire's not raising that from monthly donations. So, whoever's footing this bill, I, I can tell you that I appreciate you, uh, sir or ma'am. So Albert means. I'm doing. The, I just did the math, right? That was in 1997, 1998, somewhere around. Yeah, there. and I want, and I think, I think, for some reason, the 300k is just standing out in my mind. I don't know why that is, but I, as astronomical as it seems, I think that was the figure. So 300k then is worth right around five hundred seventy-five thousand dollars now. Well, remember that was that was off the books, so. and that was off the books, right? So that that just goes to show you the amount of money that's been in this. What's happened now, though, is that when you've got a guy on your offensive line, and he gonna make that kind of money, and see, 
I think the the belief is that, well, these kids, the other kids aren't going to know what somebody's being paid. They all know. They all know because they all talk. Well, the kids brag. And the kids brag to each other. That's right. Mm-hmm. So the Seton guy, what kind of player is he, Sean? Is he a can't-miss, sure-fire, first-run anyone there's a, there's no such thing as can't miss because everybody can miss with injury, transition, etc. Uh, but as of today, he's the guy. So uh, you know you don't you don't have stats for the future. You don't know what he's going to do. But as of right now, and I also think it I think it sends a message that Tennessee wants to be there. Um, I, I'm very impressed frankly, with the way we've been able to retain some of these players. And I don't have a list, but there's been stuff come out that Peely may be coming back, Campbell coming back, yeah. Hayes coming back. Some of these guys, I'm sure they're taking care of some of the uh, front liners that we have, hopefully Samson, Pierce, some of these other guys. That, that bodes well going into the 12-team playoff because uh, I don't know that Tennessee – can get to the top four uh, consistently. We're just so far behind. But it is nice to know that the ambition is there uh, to get to it consistently to a 12-team playoff. And unfortunately, in this day and time, the currency to do that is flat-out currency, money. The currency of the currency, right. Like, uh, for instance, the kid that played at Powell, who was agitating that he was going under the portal. Here it is Wednesday. He hasn't gone in. I believe, and I'm pretty darn sure, we have a source that knows this. He he went Monday and met with the A&M collective people and basically was like, what are you going to do for me? So these guys are using this thing kind of as a cudgel. Of, well, I'll remind and you. And I don't blame them. I don't blame I these guys. He got, he got carted off the field. At Tennessee, yeah, and I did my best to follow up with him because I followed him in the in high school and and had some skepticism about. He's a fine athlete and a good player, no question. But I I, I have never seen a follow up on what kind of serious career ending in, in, injury he might have sustained. You take you 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 read into that what you want to read into it. So he's um, he's somebody that still hasn't entered the portal, though we've had talk about him, and you know that's kind of the the nature of this thing is the all the moving parts. There's talk that the starting quarterback this year at Georgia is agitating for big, big, big money. There's talk around this Seton guy that he's in L.A. and is Tennessee going to visit with him now or no or. You know, what's that all about and what's going on there? I have no idea. I'm telling you that the scuttlebutt in the industry is that $2.3 million over three years is where it's at. And obviously they see him and they're, the Vols are building their next three years team like an NFL franchise would. Franchise quarterback. Franchise blindside tackle. And then you add in the pieces. 
And I, I guess that's the way it's going to go for uh, a lot of programs that are, like Sean said, vying to be in that 12-team deal. Look, you're not catching Georgia. You're not catching Alabama. I, I think for a Tennessee to catch an Alabama or a Georgia, they would have to spend $50 million on a payroll. And I'm not kidding. Because you have to go five-star, 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 five, and you have to overpay for everybody. Five-star, five-star, five-star. Because the more you pay, the more you're going to pay. The more it gets out that you're paying, the more you're going to pay. And that, and that model didn't work at A&M two years ago. No. Well, you can't do it. I mean, cause, no. because, Sean, you know, what? invariably what happens is uh, you have all these great players, but as we know, if you bring 25 of those guys onto your campus – you're lucky if you hit on 15 of them. That's essentially yeah, what happened I, with a I, I still think, and I could be naive here, I'm an older man, but I still think the main decision is you go to school where you want to go to school. Now, people, people will always go for the best opportunity, and they will define what that means to them. It could be playing time. It could be exposure. It could be wanting to win championships. It could be money. That's all part of the best opportunity for them. Uh, but at the end of the day, in college football, when you're playing for a check and not for the camaraderie or for the, uh, you know, the fighting with your brothers, I think you're going to end up short. And I know that's naive, perhaps, but that's still. I still think kids will go, ultimately kids will go where they want to go, and then the NIL for the best will work itself out. I do not believe that the number one tackle in the country will go to Tennessee because he wants to play at Tennessee and not take money. That Having said that, I don't believe that Nico came to Tennessee because of his dying love for to wear orange. I, I, that, I don't believe that at all. I think that NIL had a huge thing to do with that and, and Hypo, but... Uh, if you're going to build your thing just basically SMU style, I I think I don't think you'll ever reach the top. I don't. I, I believe in the collegial experience. Yeah, I think you've got to mix and match, and you also have to add yep. character people. You know, like yep. I, I was talking to somebody about well, why isn't why don't I see Tennessee more involved in the portal with more names? And I was told, hey, you can't take everybody, and you can't get involved with everybody. Right. And you have to look into, you know, the psychographics of things and what kind of person is this and how disruptive are they going to be or not be. And uh, and sometimes you can't judge a book by its cover, even a book by its past. Like Brew McCoy came here and was exemplary off the field, even though, you know, I mean, if we're honest about it, he had a little bit of a, of a, of a checkered pass before they took a chance on him. Um, so... Well, you're uh, you're a uh, Tony. You're Tony Valls, uh Suffered from a little of that last year. Exactly right. And, and he and, told uh, he and, told and no me. Names, but uh, well, no, Tony. Was, uh, yeah, Tony. There was some regret. Tony told me in the off season there was a guy they were chasing, and I forget who it was. I'm not going to name a name, but Tony said, "Look, here's the deal. This guy's going here." And we're going to announce in like three days that we have another guy. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm not. He said this is not spoiled milk, sour grapes. He said, but the guy we're adding is is not as good a player as this other guy was. 
but he's a really going to be a really good teammate. And Frank thinks he can build him, and we can use him, and he won't be disruptive. And I think they learned a bunch from that last year. Uh, and I think that's cautionary in all these sports. Yeah. I mean, if you look at Tennessee's basketball deal right now and the way bringing in somebody can kind of disrupt chemistry. Brian, you were talking about Vesco last night. Have you ever seen a guy more unplugged than the poor Vesco in that first half last night, Brian? In your life, have you ever seen anything like that, Brian? Well, it's interesting how he took the first shot of the game and then didn't shoot again until the second half, just like North Carolina. And it was good to see him, though. I'll point out, he came around in the second half. Yeah, he had seven points. And looked more engaged. Well, how could you And not? I like the fact that he got an assist there into connect. People that fog up mirrors, Bry, look more engaged than he did in that basketball game in the first half last night, which my point is this. So you bring in somebody in Dalton Connect who's a tremendous talent into your deal, and and everything I hear about him is he's a pretty good teammate, but you just don't know chemistry-wise how that's going to work. You know, I was thinking about something, Sean. This, uh, this wide receiver from South Carolina, Juice Wells, apparently – it's Tennessee and Texas are the – that's what I'm being told. That's what they feel like internally. They feel like Texas is going to be there. What happened to that Naylor kid from a couple years ago? The, the guy from Wyoming, he went down there. He was going to come here. It was one of the initial pops, one of those initial brain pops that we got out of this whole uh, NIL era deal. I believe he committed to Tennessee – was going to come here, and then he ended up at Texas. Is that and then and then what happened to him? He uh, tore his ACL in the spring practice and uh, sat out this year. Oh, okay, and that's why we didn't see him. Was that a year and ago? Was that a year ago, Sean? I'm not sure if it was or two, two years, years ago. I think that was after the 21 season. I think it was after the 21 season. Yeah, I think. I think perhaps, that, but I think uh, that's right. he is not. I've not heard him. He has not surfaced for that I know of. So he was one of the initial NIL bonus babies. Really nice wide receiver out of Wyoming. Sean, do you believe Juice Wells? Where would he be in their pecking order if they could get him? Because that's a type. We need an impact player here at wide receiver. I don't know that. um, I'm not sure with wide receiver. Because like you said, I didn't think Drew McCoy would have the... um, uh, uh, impact on and off the field that he's had. Um, and I was fooled by the young man at Oregon, though he still has time to, uh, he still has time to come good. Uh, so I'm not really sure about that. I, I will say this. I would be leery of bringing in somebody um, that's not significantly better than what you have Agree. in your freshman and sophomore class because that can also mess something up. Agree. If I'm bringing a guy in and I'm Tennessee, he better be a bang-up, like X said, he better be a bang-up impact player at any of these positions. I'm not, unless I need, unless I target this way. Okay, so I've got four veterans coming back on my offensive line this year. We need a rotation guy that can play several positions. Okay, fine. We all understand that. We need a depth 
uh, person, somebody that we can buttress. Um, I'm kind of excited that Tennessee's getting involved with this defensive back from Rhode Island. And I understand they're looking down, uh, scouring uh, for other guys that might jump into the portal out of the 1AA ranks uh, once these uh, once these playoffs. Because this weekend, I believe we're in, yeah, there's eight teams left. I believe we're in quarterfinals this week. There are guys at those schools that could help a Tennessee at certain positions. There's no doubt. There, there are players that will be playing this weekend in the playoffs that could that could certainly secondary players, uh, maybe a linebacker or two. There are certainly guys playing at that because there are guys that come out of that level to play in the NFL. So that's how you know hey, that. Uh, asking for a friend, are there any DB coaches in the portal? What do you think of the scuttlebutt that Martinez, that Heupel's going to extend his entire coaching staff, Sean? Are you excited about that? Well, I would. Uh, I don't have an opinion on individual coaches, and I don't want to. Uh, I would never wish anybody to be out of a job because I've been there as a younger man. Uh, having said that, I had a feeling last week when I heard this that. The SEC is starting to get a hold of Josh Heupel. And what I mean by that is the SEC is a wood chipper for coaches. Um, you go the way of Nick Saban, Kirby Smart. And say, you, you, we used to say Kirby Dumb. Um, you, were about, you, you were on the verge of calling him Kirby Best. Um, but anyway, but anyway those, those two, <clears throat> excuse me, those two, uh, those two stand alone, and everybody else just gets into the wood chipper. And the way you get into the wood chipper is by slowly not making the proper decisions day-to-day that keeps you at the very top, meaning not evaluating your staff objectively every time, thinking they'll come around, um, not uh, not uh, disciplining the right people, not holding feet to the fire, etc., and when I heard uh, that we weren't that possibly we were going to extend uh, some people, that's what I thought of. I thought, boy, that's the chink in the armor right there because you know when you're making nine, ten million dollars a year and you, you appear to be a people pleaser, that is not a great recipe in this conference. In the Big Big Twelve, sure. In the ACC, you can get away with it. In this one, when you start doing that stuff the wood chipper kicks into another gear. And so I, I hope that's not the case, but I'm concerned about that. I'll tell you what was a really interesting experience for me, Sean. Tim Banks got heavily involved in an MTSU job, and he interviewed twice last week. And he was one of the two finalists or three finalists for the job. I'll give you the other finalists just, just to let you know that uh, I got sources on this one because I got a text this morning on how it finished. <laughs> Uh, the third, the third there, okay. Casey Woods was the other one. Casey Woods, Banks, and then they ended up giving the job to Derek Mason, the former uh, Vanderbilt coach. Well, last week, Sean, when I tweeted out that he had interviewed twice, I have never seen a tweet of mine so beloved, so pushed across uh, of all media, so hopeful, so excited. 
people with praying hands. There were a couple memes of people bowing their head in prayer. Please let this guy go. We want uh, Derek Mason here. I mean, this guy is not a popular figure in Big Orange Country. But Bino made a great point yesterday, which is that these days, the way it's set up, none of these defensive coordinators are highly thought of because it's such an offensive game, which is very true. Uh, I want to give a shout-out here, and then I'm going to get your thoughts on what MTSU did. I want to give a shout-out here to Kelly Holcomb. Because I appeared on Plaster's show yesterday, and George said it looks like Banks is going to be, you know, this is the this is the scuttlebutt. And, and we can only go off what we hear or what people tell us. And Kelly jumped in there and said, George, you know, that's kind of not what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that it's not going to be Banks. And they asked me, well, you know, size banks up as a head coach and i said sean i'm just honest you know i just try to call it like a ken <laughs> i said he doesn't have a reputation as being a knockout recruiter even though they've added some pretty good pieces and they've done pretty well uh stockpiling uh what they're doing defensively i don't get the feeling that he's some like ace recruiter guy that's you know you're going to take the stock of roster now e- neither is the guy they hired in Derek mason uh do you think they made the right decision sean mtsu if you were given those three choices the woods uh mason or him um or uh banks uh Cinco, who would you have hired well first of all let's let's clear something up with banks um I, I I know that dynamic that people were wanting to do, but remember, your coordinators are doing exactly what your head coach wants them to do, or your head coach doesn't have control of his program. So the only way you can think of what Banks is doing and the way the DBs are playing is that it's either corrected or condoned. And so I know everybody wants to dump a load of, coal into banks of stocking but hey if hypo wasn't okay with it he would you would assume do something about it so i'm here to i'm here to put the put the onus on hypo not banks interesting uh, having said that yes i if those are the three and i don't think any of those are overwhelming uh to me but yeah i mean mason um uh, Mason has familiarity in the Middle Tennessee area. He is a very good. Uh, he is a much better uh, resume as a defensive coach in Banks or anybody on our deep, except for I mean, uh, it, uh, you know, Garner has a reputation, but not as a coordinator. And then, uh, and so, but of those three, you know, neither Mason or Banks are thought to be dynamic recruiters. And if I'm at a if I'm at a school at the level of MTSU, I'm going for a hot shot offensive mind, not a defensive mind. Totally agree. That makes no sense to me at all. None. <laughs> Why would I want to stay stuck in the mud, man? Why would I want to stay stuck in the mud? By the way, about Nolan, this is interesting, Sean. So I found out that last year, he, you know, this is when we saw this thing that was visual over the weekend. I was talking with a source. 
Tennessee, and they said, hey, you know, he called us last year. And Rodney Garner was not gung-ho with giving him a bag. Rodney Garner's philosophy with these guys is, Sean, I'll make you enough money. My resume is in the trophy case over there, and I've got several millionaires that are playing in the NFL. I've got several guys who I've developed whose lives have been changed. Georgia here, Auburn. Uh, And you know what? It's hard to argue with that. Because if there's one unit on Tennessee's team since Garner's been here that's performed, it's his defensive line. So, uh, and he's done it with guys of every shape and size. And he was kind of lukewarm to the idea of throwing money at Walter Nolan. Tennessee could have had him last year, is is my information. And well, I think that's get, very interesting. Got, well, you got to look at it like this. I mean, you're paying for, if you're doing that, you're paying for production. And I, the the thought of, of Albert Hainsworth going to the Redskins and, and not really playing up to his potential with the Titans until his, until his last year, that, that won't leave my, uh, that won't leave my brain, frankly. And a kid that's constantly looking to better his money situation instead of becoming the best player he can be, I got re- I got to really question if it's worth the money, worth the aggravation, worth the babysitting. I I think that Rodney Garner is at a point in his career where he doesn't have to suffer fools like that. A brief Terrell Owens, we come back in hour two. What? Uh, I'm going to bring Brian Penske on here and celebrate his national championship with him. Uh, He's going to be on at noon uh, in our second hour. And then uh, we also are going to visit with Adam Sparks, compare notes with him, and we'll do some Sparks notes uh, with Adam Sparks of the Knoxville News Sentinel. In the meantime, Wednesdays with Watson has been moved to Friday this week. Uh, Watson is tending to some family uh, things, and he told me, he said, can we do And I said, Watson, we'll do, brother, anything for you, as the old song goes. Anything for you, Watson, anything for you. As we continue on the other side, I want to hear your phone calls at 865-200-5402 after this. This is Coach Devin Simler from Columbia Central Baseball. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call mepainfree.com or call 615-551-9224. 
In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Greetings, it's Rick from Tillis Jewelry. With Christmas just around the corner, we are here to make your gift giving a breeze. Starting December 4th, we are extending our store hours to better serve you. Find us open Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Whether you're after something timeless or trendy, Tillis Jewelry in downtown Columbia is your holiday gift giving headquarters. Make this season extra special by visiting us during our extended hours. Tillis Jewelry, where holiday magic happens. See you soon. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. Need a little extra cash for the holidays? From now until Christmas, Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical is giving you a $500 Visa gift card when you buy select new HVAC systems or receive a $250 gift card with a new tankless water heater. And upgrade now with monthly payments as low as $79. Visit happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. 
elevate your day at Old School Vapor. Check out our selection of disposables like Kato Bar, Viho, Raz, Lost Mary, Breeze, and more. Enjoy 35% off your entire e-liquid purchase and 20% off everything else. With every $20 Club 13 purchase, snag a chance to win a Rad Runner e-bike. And for Exodus lovers, every purchase gets you a ticket to win an Xbox Series S. Check us out at OldSchoolVapor.com. Debbie Matthews grew up and lives in beautiful Columbia, Tennessee. As a realtor, she is well-versed in homes, neighborhoods, development, and schools. She wants to share her love of her home state with others to help them find just the right place to raise a family, open a business, or develop a dream. From luxury listings to land, she can handle it all. She is the current leading producer, Nashville Realty Group. Contact Debbie Matthews Realtor at 615-476-3224. That's 615-476-3224. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in Southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Tony B. back with you. We'll go back to the phones at 865-200-5402 if you want to jump in. A couple folks did during our timeout and then jumped off, so line available for you if you were uh, encountering our busy signal. We want to accommodate you on this Wednesday. As Sean Sinclair is with Brian Hartman and yours truly, Tony Basilio. And Sean, we were talking during the break before we go to the phones that you think the Patriots back in the day, now that you've got your quarterback, and maybe tomorrow you might have your blindside tackle. We'll see. But it's believed to be heading that way as of right now. We'll see what happens. Uh, you never know. I don't speak in absolutes when it comes to recruiting. Never have. Uh, And when I was a young kid on the air, I used to, and it's a great way to get burned. So you learn. You live and you learn. Kids, if you're going to do this, don't speak in absolutes when it comes to recruiting because you don't know till they sign it on the dotted line, as Richard Marks once said. Sean, you were um, hypothesizing. We were talking about putting a roster together. and, And you were looking for a good model from the NFL. Share with the listener what you just what you just had. Well, I wondered if you could have a strategy or a partial strategy like what the Patriots used to do. Uh, the Patriots, because of their success, were always going to draft at the bottom of the first round. And they they still got some good ones because of their good scouting. But they went out and made it a practice to go and find former first-round draft picks and second-round draft picks that didn't set the world on fire in their first stop. And then incorporate them into their the Patriot culture, the Patriot way. You can say the Patriot cheating, whatever you want to call it. But they won a lot of games with transient players that came in, uh, you know, revived their career, et cetera. And I'm sure they – and usually those they got those guys for a six-round draft choice or what have you. It's the same talent. Uh, but, you know, those people wanted to earn it. So, you know, there's you take a look at – you take there's some kids coming out of that five star filled uh, Ohio State wide receiver room. Mm-hmm. You know there's only so much there's only so much playing time. Right. You know, those are the kind of guys that uh, you, you might want to take a look at, uh, and then you can always fill in with the other ones. Another thing we thought of is that you know with offensive line uh, guys on your roster that haven't haven't popped yet doesn't mean they're not going to. And so they're not costing you anything except a scholarship. They're not playing. You're not paying them huge NIL. Uh, 
so it's I think it's interesting, but I, I, I'm not carrying water here because I already said that I, I saw a little chink in the armor of, of uh, Heupel uh, with this defensive staff. Uh, but I do like the way the scouting and the NIL spire whomever, the benefactors to spire, I like, the, I like their competitiveness uh, in the transfer market. To the phones we go, 865-200-5402. Your thoughts on what's transpired here? And then today we hear that the Vandergrift guys, uh, Vanderbilt actually got somebody out of the portal. It looks like uh, they are going to uh, land the former quarterback at Georgia, who Sean, I believe, was he a five-star player at one time, four-star player, five-star player? That kid's a highly was a highly ranked player, wasn't he? He really was, and um, you know that's an, that's another thing. You get uh, uh, yeah, good for good for Kentucky, uh, good for the young man. He can go prove himself potentially. But yeah, he's going to Vandy, right? Know, that's a, Brian that's is a way of that, yeah, yeah. That's the way of um, you know. You said before that the kid from Georgia, starting quarterback. <laughs> you know, I, I, that's that's an interesting dynamic there because if the uh, I can't even remember the kid's name. He looked he looked goofy with those eyes. Yeah, he looks uh, like uh, he looks like the he looks Stetson. like. No, he's talking about the no. kid that played this year, right? You know who oh, I? Uh, you know who he looks like to me, Carson Sean? Beck. You know who he looks like to me? He looks like the guy that played lead guitar for the Eagles and wrote the Hotel California lead with a receding hairline. Oh, uh, Don Felder. Yeah, he looks like Don Felder with a receding hairline playing quarterback. But well, I'll tell you this: that, uh, your point is um, he wants more money, and your point is that's pretty interesting, right? Well, it is interesting because my first thing, if I'm Georgia, say, "Well, dude, we went into the year number one, um, we lost, and uh, we got the number one rated player in the Rayola kid coming in this year." Uh, smell you later, <laughs> uh, because because guys like here's the thing. Stetson Bennett will never have to work or buy a meal in Georgia the rest of his life. So if you if you're going to chase a greener pasture when you're sitting there at Georgia for for a dollar figure, uh, you're not seeing the big picture. Well, that's the other thing Marky Boy Griffin was saying. Thirty years from now, with all this nonsense that's going on, and, and who knows how long this is going to be in place? It's going to be in place till they figure another at another iteration. Because I don't know that this is sustainable. I mean, we're already talking fifteen to twenty million dollars to build a payroll. I mean, that's a lot of damn money, and it's coming off the backs of fans. I mean, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. But, but I, I don't. I only think there's less than a dozen schools that are in that stratosphere. You know, there's there's no way uh, Mississippi State's playing in that pool. There's no way that a lot of other teams are. And if they are, there's only a couple of you like the Arkansas could with Tyson and Walmart and all that yeah, stuff. But yes, I have a feeling they they like their money to go elsewhere. And another thing is, I sent you a deal earlier in the week about how thirty uh, some Oregon women's athletes have sued uh, that they're not getting an equal uh, distributor distri- distribution of NIL funds, and um, you know. Danny White and his his colleagues would like to keep this in house. I don't know that that's sustainable because you can't, you know, as long as it's outside the purview of the of the athletic department, uh, I think you have some control of where it goes. And if I I would say this, if I was a huge benefactor to NIL for a school 
and you come and tell me that uh, the money is going to be distributed against my wishes elsewhere, no offense to the ladies or the other sports, I'm going to tell you, a check's not coming anymore. Back to the phones we go, 865-200-5402, the number. Uh, hello and welcome in to our first call. You are on the Wednesday edition. Hey, guys. Um, thanks for taking my call. Thank this you. Nick and Jackson. Yeah, good talk to you. Hey, this is, I apologize, this is going to be a little off topic. I wanted to call in Monday. Sure. Um, but just got busy. You're fine. Back to the, back to the playoff yep. um, discussion. Sure. And primarily around, there was a, a couple comments about the Florida State AD and he kind of got what he deserved with, he blocked the 12 team playoff or was part of that. ACC um, commissioner is what you mean. ACC commissioner. Uh-huh. Yeah, sorry. Um, well, and, and to preface this, I'm, I've always thought a 14 playoff was stupid because you just can't, there's no way uh, you're limiting teams. I mean, teams are, should be allowed to get better. If you lose a, a game early in the year, um, there's, you could be out of it essentially. And, and you could be one of the four best teams at the end of the year. Um, but it doesn't seem like they've ever, they've never just said, oh, we're going to put the four best teams in. That's never happened. All right. That's never been the goal, um, of this whole thing. But I thought the ACC commissioner, I kind of thought his argument about having a 14 playoff kind of stood this year. Right. I mean, if you're going to boil these teams down, you had three conference champions that were undefeated. Right. So there's three teams. And then the rest of the three teams, the other three teams sitting out there, you had Georgia who didn't win their conference championship. So they're eliminated because they put so much emphasis on that. Then you have two teams left, Texas and Alabama. And one of them went on the road and beat the other team. So to me, if you're talking about what they've done every year, the four teams are pretty clear. So I kind of thought opposite a little bit that his argument was kind of, uh, I guess, confirmed this year. That you, if, you, if you're going by the four most deserving teams, which is what they've always done, I thought the four teams were pretty clear. So just just wanted to, to throw that out there. Well, I mean, that's interesting, right? So, first of all, I agree with you. I, I, I'm a bowl guy, okay? If you, you made me king, I'd go back and we would maintain the uniqueness that we had in the college football world and the power of conversation, the fact that it was an oral history game that was sort of handed down when you get introduced to the sport and you argue about who's number one at the end of the year and you had regional flavor to it. And and I just wish, you know, some of you who are listening to me who are in their 20s and 30s and love the sport, you would have loved, loved the sport. 25 and 30 years ago trust me when i tell you that i mean there were years where like west virginia was sitting there unbeaten and all you could talk about as a fan was could they stay on the field with florida state could they stay on the field with notre dame you know they're they're in that weak big east and 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 god knows and sean wants to take a crack at this but i'll tell you you bring up a good point because what bino said earlier and he said it Monday, which is, if you and I were to sit around and say, well, the four best teams, the four best teams, the four best teams, 
Georgia's one of the four best teams in the league. In fact, what you would do is, I was with George Plaster yesterday, he had a great point. You would take Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, and Alabama, put them in a playoff and let them play. Those are the four best teams in college football right now, aren't they? To my caller, aren't those the four best teams in college football right now? Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, and I think that's kind of the point. That is the point. Yes. It's hard to – there's no clear cut to me this year. And that was my frustration from a Tennessee fan side uh, standpoint from Alabama. You compare this year and last year. Okay, as a Tennessee fan, right, and this is kind of, you know, kind of whiny, but it is what it is. Tennessee had a win against Alabama last year, and their only loss up to the South Carolina game was on the road against the number one team in the country. And we're sitting there going into South Carolina, as good a resume as you could have as far as a one-loss team. Um, and we're sitting there having to calculate, we need this team to lose and this team to lose and this team to lose so we can sneak back in there okay, with, with a really good resume. And then you have this Alabama team sitting here. Who, I mean, yeah, they've gotten better, but they've still had tons of close games. Lock. It's not like it's not like the previous years where they yeah. were clearly uh, one of the four best teams, yes. no doubt about it. Yes. But this year they've had close game after close game, and they needed this to happen and that to happen and this to happen for them to get in. None of that stuff happened. They just happened to, to run into a year where everybody won, and at the end of the day, they still get in, right? And so that's the frustrating thing is, is most of us are sitting out there, and once we lose a game, we have to have all these things happen, right? And the one year none of that happens, this team who's, who's been in it every year, and they get in this year. And that, that, was, that was the frustrating thing to me. Is, is they, they didn't have, to me, to me, if you're going to put them in over Florida State, and look, they're better than Florida State is. There, there's no argument as, as it currently sits. But to me, if you're going to put a team in over a conference champion like that, they better have been. They better look on the clearly field. better. No doubt, they're the Amen, best Nashville and, Lee. That is there a is, great point. There's no, and there is no way looking at the results on the field. Okay, that team didn't get that much better this year. They should have lost. or could have lost to Arkansas. Should have lost us. Tennessee had them. Yes. Um, and if we had a secondary coach. So, so that's – I'm not going to sit here and complain if there's a team that I'm looking at and I'm saying, you know what, they're just better than everybody else. So let's, we can throw them in there over a, a more uh, – maybe a the deserving team. Let's put the better team in there. They didn't qualify for that this year to me. Thank you, my friend. Great call. Sean, you have a thought on that? Yeah, well, I, I, I'm not here to – talk down to anybody at all but i for people that think that this is 14 playoff is anything but a showcase for the ncaa you're kidding yourself the ncaa doesn't care about crowning a champion they care about making money getting sponsorships to pay big money to get eyeballs on tv sets and that's that's the thing it's just like the basketball tournament they will say whatever they want uh, and but they will always find who the best team who the best teams for the playoff are 
not the best teams on the field, but the best teams, and then they will go and they will back in some kind of stat here and there, or eye test one year, yep. or a RPI one year, or strength of schedule the next year. They they don't really care um, if they crown if the best team wins. Great, I'll remind you. Several years ago, Ohio State got the bump into the fourteen playoff. They didn't deserve it. Now, in fairness, they went on to win the national championship that year, but they didn't deserve it. And last year, TCU did everybody a disservice on deserving teams because they just laid an egg to Georgia in the national championship. No way the NCAA is going to let that happen again Sean. with like a Florida State. And then, you know another thing when you talk about Alabama, I don't know who's better or worse, but no one seems to talk about. That blown fourth down call, there was clearly an incomplete pass. Clearly. You didn't even have to replay it. Like it never happened. Just from the TV, you could see it hit the ground. And it never happened. They don't replay it, and then they score a touchdown, which changed the whole momentum of the game. And if that would have happened to Florida State, Sean, they'd be talking about that until you're blue in the face. But we got breaking news. Georgia cornerback Nylon Green. N-Y-L-A-N-D, Nylon Green, Nyland, 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 has entered the transfer portal, according to On3. He's 6'1", 185. This is what Sean's talking about now. These guys are out there. He's a former five-star recruit in the 2021 class, was the number two cornerback in America. And Portal Dave just said, right on cue for Sean Sinclair, two years of eligibility remaining. Sean, you take a flyer on a guy like that? Well, it can't hurt, but I will say this. Remember, you're now recruiting kids out of the portal that are not baseball cards. They aren't the same kid that you saw as a high school senior. Uh, something's keeping him from uh, playing time at Georgia that he wants. It, what is it? It could be better players. He hasn't developed. He hasn't gained weight. He hasn't whatever. But at the very least, he still has the God-given athletic talent uh, to help somebody. So sure, you take a flyer on him. I don't know that you break a bank to get him. We come back on the other side. We celebrate with a guy who we consider family here. And then Adam Sparks, who is a member of our dysfunctional radio family, joins as well. It's hour two after this. This is Coach Trader's dog from Columbia Central High School football. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. 
American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. It's a memory-making time of year. This is Murray County Mayor Sheila Butt. Many years ago, as a little girl, I remember my mother receiving several packages in the mail. That was odd at our house. It was just a couple of weeks before Christmas. She put them away. I learned later that my dad had won a catalog shopping spree by selling the most cars the previous month. We were five young children and had just moved to Nashville from Illinois. It had been a tough year. About three days before Christmas, my mother started bringing out the toys one at a time. I remember her sheer delight as she presented each one to us. You see, we didn't know what was in the packages, but Mother did, and she couldn't wait to give the toys to us. I know now that the true joy was in the giving. I hope during this holiday season and in the new year that every one of us will experience the true joy of giving whatever we have to give. From our house to yours, I wish you a very merry, merry Christmas and a joy-filled, prosperous new year. 
This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you. Here's what we do, look. And um, I have a saying around here, okay? It's kind of original. It's called We Are Family. I got all my sisters and me. It's pretty original, Sean, isn't it? I came up with that. Very original. Thank you. And the reason I say that is, like, we never forget, okay? Like, for instance, Tony Jones, who is an absolute character, some would say a commodian, but Tony kind of, you know, he left here, one, but he was sort of one of us, and so, Joan Osborne, and so when Tony, when Tony went on his way, we kept in touch with him. And, uh, you know, Tony's back in the area now, and I got an announcement coming up, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that with Tony Jones. But in the meantime, Brian Penske, back in the day when he was in Knoxville, we'd have him on, you know, talk about the World Cup, and he'd always answer the bell, talk about this, talk about that, and raise his kids. Uh, Brian, I'm not looking at your resume here. You just won the national championship at Florida State. We want to bring you on and congratulate you on that fact. But how long were you here, Bri? Ten years. And your kids went from like eight yeah. to 18, my, uh, like right right in that? Yeah, yeah my, my, my twins that were uh, 10 years old when we moved to Knoxville and um, graduated high school in Knoxville and yep. uh, through their sophomore years of, of college. Um and then I, my younger one, I took this job two weeks before my youngest graduated high school. So eight till 18 for him. And That's home. Not still home for them. Yeah, and we were talking, you know, like, which I didn't realize, but I, I was talking about my friends at FC Alliance who do a tremendous job growing the sport and teaching the sport and teaching the right way. And we we were talking off the air, and you were telling me your kids came up playing in that program which is uh which is kind of a neat thing but let's let's do this tony i mean not tony let's do this penske congratulations you in fact let me start this all over again we're back with you it's hour two tony basilio show it's not every day you get a national championship coach on here i don't know how much hardware they hand out in the ncaa but a guy who has won a national championship in fact might be the most newly minted national championship out there. Brian Penske, formerly of Lady Vol Soccer. Brian, we are so proud of you appearing on the TLD Logistics Hotline. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. And to be honest, hearing you say all of that, it's like starting to hit me a little bit. You know, it really hasn't. Um, you know, the game, here we are. It's, it's Wednesday at noon. Yeah. The game ended Monday night, and I have been running ragged ever since. And um, I, someone asked me last night, they had a little celebration here, and they asked me, has, has it hit me? And I said, well, if full-on hitting me is 100%, I'm probably about 10% of the way there. And 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 I think you just took me to about 15% with that, with, with hearing that. Um and and I love to hear it, right? Um, but I'm uh, amazing. Um, you know, this this is this program, and I am literally looking out my window right now, and I literally stare at it every single day, 
and it's our indoor complex that sits at the end of our uh, stadium field, and it says 2014-2018-2021 national champion. And that's, I look at that every day. I walk into our building every day, and there are the three national championship trophies. And that's the standard that we have to live up to every single day, every single year. And to know now that we have won one, um, obviously, um, <laughs> it feels pretty good. Well, and you score five goals mm-hmm. in a final, which is unheard yep. of. Most yep. that that they've scored, and uh, in in most in the school history, you've scored in one of those matches. So obviously, you go out there and lap the field. Brian, you told me when you left, you said, "Look, man, um, I don't want my family is home. You were not yep. expecting that to happen, yep. but in." I guess, and somebody else explained it to me this way. They said, Tony, that's like, um, it's almost like a Notre Dame back in the day, back when we were kids, yeah. or like an Alabama two-day yeah. calling you and saying, hey. Because you told me, you said, you know, I here we could maybe win, maybe get to a Final Four, maybe do those things. There... It, a lot of people, Brian, would run from that challenge. I didn't realize that when you took that job. I was kind of because I, you know, I brought you on to support the show, support the sport, and support yep. the team and all that stuff. Um, You're probably like, why is this guy leaving? Why? why is well, yeah, leaving? it didn't make any why sense to me. To but you walked into, but you walked into high expectations. A lot of people would run from that, Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no doubt, and uh, a lot of people, you know didn't want this job and uh a lot of people you know texted me and said said do you really need this right now in your life like what are you doing um and uh i just kind of i kind of wanted a new challenge and i knew that okay this 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 could put me in a place where 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 i could win a national championship i mean in 2018 we went to the elite eight um at uh at at Tennessee, Incredible. And that that was the best season in program history. Yep. Um, I think, like men's basketball, right? Um, and uh, and we had some good players. And we had a good team. Um, and then in twenty twenty one, we went to the Sweet Sixteen and then lost to Michigan. And Michigan came here and lost to Florida State. And Florida State won the national championship. And uh, the ACC is the best league in college soccer. I mean, that we just had four teams in the Elite Eight. Um, a year ago, five teams in the Elite Eight. If you count Stanford, obviously Stanford's coming into the league. So this year, you can say it was five. Um, it's a good league, and it's a good league because of, of all the academic institutions. And a lot of the high-level women soccer players are really good students. And so I felt like, uh, you know, maybe we can be good. And, and I just can't. Um, Mark Kerkorian, the former coach, built a pretty, <laughs> built a pretty nice house. Hopefully, uh, I don't burn down the house. And uh, so, so far, so good. We just got to keep it going. We're just proud of you, man. And, uh, you know, and and I'm I'm excited for you. Because here's the thing. Like, I I realize here how hard you worked at it. And and it was difficult, you know. And and further context, the SEC, right, I don't know how many sports exist 
like this. Um, volleyball, I believe, just won maybe first national championship in SEC history a couple of years ago with yeah. Kentucky. Right. Um, the SEC won a, a national championship in 1998, Florida Gators, and Abby Wambach was on that team. Wow. Yes. It's been and that long? It's been that yeah. long for, wow. And that, that's, that's, that, that was not 1998 was not the modern era of Whew. women's college soccer. That was right? when Anson Dorrance was uh, winning the trophy yeah, with the Mia Hams of the world every year, right? Correct. Correct. And that's who we beat. And I think, I think shots in that game were 30 to three, something like that for Carolina, but Wombach scored a goal and they won one nothing. So Bright, so Bright, so people were mad at you here though. Cause you, you, you brought a couple lady Vols with you. People were mad at you here. Yes, but I didn't bring anyone with me initially. And that's what you said. Yeah, I didn't. They they, they, they stayed and they they played a year. Um, um, and then they decided to go in the portal. And and I'll tell you what, one of one of them um, is Taylor Huff. And Taylor Huff was just named All American for the second year in a row. And she had fourteen or fifteen assists for us this year. Nice. And was phenomenal. And when Taylor Huff transferred from Tennessee, it wasn't one of those, she's in the portal and she, she's verbally committing to me later that night. Taylor Huff, like I just said to you, the ACC is pretty good. Taylor Huff visited Duke. Taylor Huff visited Virginia. She was she had a flight scheduled to go to Notre Dame, but then they realized transfer credits weren't going to work out, and so she didn't visit. Right, Penn State was dying to get her on campus. UCLA called her. UNC called her. So she did a proper transfer, like you know, circuit. Right, it wasn't a slam dunk. She's coming to play for Brian. Right, so I didn't steal her. She went in the portal and she decided to come to Florida State. If people want to think I stole her from Tennessee, that's okay. That's okay. Well, you know, you know, the funny thing is your departure. Right, if we can go back to that time. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I read some. I was like, "This guy just signed a deal," and then you kind of walked uh, out the door. Did you, Brian? Did you sign that? What was the? What was the? Did you sign a deal there? Or here um, in Knoxville? Yeah. What was the story yeah, there? So, so right after our season ended in uh, late November um, of twenty one, we started contract negotiations. Um, they came to me and said they wanted to offer me a new contract, and on uh, and it wound up dragging out a little bit but on february 2nd uh cam walker was was the individual i was working with and we we agreed to terms on february 2nd um and then uh on april 20th i got a call from florida state um but i never signed i never saw a contract i never got a contract so what, what's what's wild about this? Oh boy! If I got if I got the contract, I would have signed the contract because we agreed to terms, and and the contract based on the five year contract, I would have had a buyout of six hundred and twenty five thousand dollars, but I didn't get a contract, and so I was still on my old contract. My buyout was fifty thousand dollars. Oh wow! So oh. I, I I I I got a call from Florida State. And then, and then, uh, they asked me to, you know, do the interview the next day. And honestly, <clears throat> what happened was 
I was walking out to training that morning at 9 a.m. My run. I, 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 at training at 9 a.m., and then I was Zoom interviewing with Florida State at 1 p.m. As I was walking out at 8.45, I got a text saying, and they knew because they called you know, the athletic administration and, and, and said they'd be reaching out. So Tennessee then knew that, that, that I was, you know, being sought after by Florida state. So walking out the training the next morning, I got a text saying that my contract was in my inbox. <laughs> uh, wow. That's an interesting back. Not, not well done. Uh, in <laughs> what? Sean Sinclair uh, wants to say congratulations. We got Brian Penske on here. They just won it at Florida State, newly minted uh, national champion, uh, and, and we're we got Brian on here congratulating him. He's he's visited with us a million times in the past. He's uh, go ahead, Cinco, jump man. in here. Really appreciate you having me on all the time, man. Jump in here, Sean. Hey. Go ahead, Sean. Hey, Coach, congratulations. I, I mean. Uh, uh, no, no one could be happier for your success than I am. I'm a, I bleed orange, and uh, uh, ten years here for a for a coach at a um, non football program. I, you certainly gave everything you could possibly give to this place, and and I'm and and even if if it was just a launching pad to something better and bigger, I say well done you, because we'd all want that for our friends and family, and I. I consider you part of the Basilio family. Um, and also, it, it provided our new coach with the opportunity. And totally. and uh, he can he can create his own legacy, and we'll see how that goes. But where do you go from now? Because obviously, you wanted the bigger challenge, and the challenge presented itself. You met the challenge. But I would imagine when you are where you are now, okay, thanks, coach. What about next year? What the yep. – how did how did how does that did you when that when that reality smacked you in the face? Um, tell me about that dynamic. Yeah, I mean, it, we got to keep going. Um, you know, our our game on Monday night um, started at six o'clock, uh, the national championship game. I I had to, um, sorry if this is uh, you know I shouldn't say this on air, but I had to go to the bathroom. Um, during warm-ups and usually just talking to the other coach, you know, and, and kind of observing warm-up, but it, I, I had to use the restroom. So I went to the restroom, I'm walking out and I, I checked the portal, right? It's 530. Yeah. I checked the portal and there, and, and uh, a good player went in the portal and I, I sent her an email as I'm walking back through the tunnel out to the field. Right. And, and just, you know, said, Hey, I'm about to have a game, but, um, maybe we can connect later this week. Um, so the building of next year roster, um, has, has been the portal open on November 13th. Um, we, we are, we're back in the office today for the first time. And all we're talking about is our 2024 roster and how do we get back to where we were this fall? So, um, you know, no, no rest for the weary. And uh, like I said, I got here and I stare out that window at the national championships. Just because we now have one in twenty three um, doesn't mean we don't want one in twenty four. So we got to keep it going. The fun never ends. Brian Hartman, get into part of our little celebration we're doing here. Brian's got yeah, champagne I want to on him. Congratulate you, Coach. I want to really congratulate Thanks, you. I saw 
a good part of that game, and I was really thought you guys just uh, was surprising that you were able to, be able to run all over them like that. But you've got you're in the ACC, and you've got Stanford and Cal coming into your league next year. Yeah. What's your thoughts of potentially having to fly all the way across the country for a conference game, maybe midweek? So stupid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 all of it is wild, right? I mean, big. You know, UCLA and USC going to the Big Ten, Washington, right? And Oregon. It's like, what are we doing? And I said to my uh, my my boss um, <clears throat> as we're flying back yesterday. I said, Stanford. For us, honestly, it's not that big of a deal because we we'll do it once every two years. It's no big deal. We you know we take our teams out to the west. A lot of East Coast teams go out west for non conference and vice versa, yep. right? <clears throat> but for the East Coast teams, it's not a big deal. But for those teams, it's every other weekend. Oh, you know, and so so and there probably hasn't been enough talk about that. That's right? a great for, point, for, man. That's a great you know, point. Yeah, and so and I so I said to them, I'm like, Stanford just got to look at their new life, right? And I said, I said we're we're flying back to to Tallahassee right now. It's an hour and a half. They're flying back home, and it's five and a half. And then they got to do it again in a week and a half to, to, to two weeks, right? That's terrible. So for us, you know, Stanford strengthens our conference, right? I mean, they they. In, in, in women's college soccer, Carolina has won 22 national championships. In the last 15 years, Stanford has won three. Florida State has won three. And we obviously now, ironically, we just met in the national championship. So now we're four. Those are the two best programs in the modern era of college soccer, right? So now to have Stanford in our league is great. It's just it's going to be terrible, terrible for the West Coast teams. We'll be fine. Bri, you're the man. Congratulations. Yes, Thank you to all three of you guys. When I see you, I want to kiss your ring. Oh, baby. You got it. Take care, brother. Good talking to you. All right. Back at you. Uh, well, that was an interesting appearance there. I didn't know that story about his deal not and on the table, and then all of a sudden they, oof, oof. People just tell me things, man. I don't. People just tell. They just say things on here. Laura says to me, we'll be somewhere. And she goes, why did the person walk up? They're telling you their life story. I said, I don't. I don't know. But I was not expecting Brian to drop some knowledge on us, Sarah. That was wow. We come back. Speaking of knowledge. Adam Sparks. Knoxville News Sentinel is going to join us and we'll break it down scientifically. We'll compare notes. We'll do it all in real time and we'll do it all on the other side of this. This is Trip Stoltz with Columbia Ace Hardware. I love listening to 101.7 WKOM FM, Columbia, Tennessee. 
celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hi, it's Terry from Tillis Jewelry, your festive gift destination this Christmas. Unwrap the magic with our natural diamond earrings starting at an incredible $99. Yes, you heard it right, $99. Picture the joy of discovering these stunning gems in your stocking, but there's more. Explore our brand new diamond pendants and dazzling stack rings at fantastic prices. Make this season unforgettable with Tillis Jewelry. Come see us on the Columbia Square, where the gift is wrapped with elegance. Tillis Jewelry, making your Christmas sparkle brighter. Happy Holidays! Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day -day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Football season is here, and that means tailgating starts now. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard and let us help you get your backyard game ready. We are open Monday through Friday from 7 to 7 and on Saturday from 8 to 4. Go Vols! This is 
the police with the helpful hardware folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Shearex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. Don't let pain keep you out of the game. Murray Regional Physical Therapy's experienced team of therapists can help you recover from surgery, injury, or illness by designing a plan that meets your unique needs. We utilize state-of-the-art equipment and proven techniques to help you get back to doing the things you love. Schedule a consultation at any of our convenient Southern Middle Tennessee locations by calling 931-380-4014. Murray Regional Health, where clinical excellence meets compassionate care. Need a little extra cash for the holidays? From now until Christmas, Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical is giving you a $500 Visa gift card when you buy select new HVAC systems or receive a $250 gift card with a new tankless water heater. And upgrade now with monthly payments as low as $79. Visit happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Call the happy face truck today. We live by the blue-collar basketball motto. Stepping back, D3, bottom. Hard work. Two on one, driving, stepping through, tough shot, got it to go. Dedication. Front court to the rack. Oh! And teamwork. Play the song for the champions of the Southeastern Conference. Join us for every game right here on your home for Alabama basketball. Right here, Saturdays on WKOM 101.7 FM. Elevate your day at Old School Vapor. Check out our selection of disposables like Kato Bar, Viho, Raz, Lost Mary, Breeze, and more. Enjoy 35% off your entire e-liquid purchase and 20% off everything else. With every $20 Club 13 purchase, snag a chance to win a Rad Runner e-bike. And for Exodus lovers, every purchase gets you a ticket to win an Xbox Series S. Check us out at OldSchoolVapor.com. Debbie Matthews Realtor and her husband Jason, who is a pro songwriter, also own a music publishing company. They live in historic downtown Columbia with their dogs. Dog rescue work is their passion project. They consider Middle Tennessee their backyard and their lives are full of all things Tennessee. Debbie says there is no greater honor than to help someone find a home. To be trusted with that job, there is no greater privilege. Call Debbie at the Nashville Realty Group, 615-476-3224, 615-476-3224. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. And the great Adam Sparks, who takes us under wings on here with your Knoxville News. Adam does such a wonderful job. Adam's written so many great pieces. He's got a really interesting uh, piece up about uh, 
the bowl game and how it used to be that the Southeastern Conference in these schools would get put over a barrel by these bowl games. And now fans are shocked to learn that the ticket allotment that they get from these bowl games is almost next to nothing. The schools are almost out of the bowl ticket business, as I bring Adam Sparks in. Adam, I thought that was really interesting as you appear on our TLD Logistics hotline, online at tldlogistics.com. I did not realize that it was so few tickets, Adam. Did you? Uh, I did from uh, – I, I know the people that run the Music City Bowl pretty well, and I talked to them back when this contract was changed back in 2020. Uh, it was a little slower to get to Tennessee because Tennessee didn't make a bowl in 2020. So once Hopple got here, got the Music City Bowl, I, I started to hear more of these things. But, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the bowl process in the SEC changed uh, back in 2020. You Remember, the way that we grew up was – that Tennessee specifically would get a sometimes a better bowl than it even deserved at times because it could sell the fact that hey if you if you bring Tennessee there we're going to bring X number tens of thousands of fans yep. and you could guarantee tickets so you know if, if you you could have a worse record than some teams and still get a better bowl because of that um, that's not the case now now you know they're they're ranked by the record and the SEC says hey you know. Missouri, you're not going to bring fans, but your record was this good, so you're going to go ahead of uh, Tennessee or LSU or whoever that would bring more fans and so on and so forth. So I thought that was it was equitable. I, I thought that was actually the right way to do it, the way they do it now. But what what happened is that meant the selling of tickets by the schools or the guaranteed ticket, uh, ticket sales was no longer on the table. And so the ADs went to these bowls uh, about three years ago and said, well, if there's no incentive to selling tickets, then why are we selling tickets? Amen. Like you bowls, you just handle it. And the bowls actually, to some, to some extent, actually liked that because, you know, I've talked to bowl reps that they're like, you know, they're like, we can market ticket sales year-round instead of just, like, holding 20,000 tickets in these big blocks until December and hoping you can the schools can sell them in, like, three weeks. So, um yeah, a lot of Tennessee fans, uh, especially the older fans, were angry that I talked to the last couple of days. Pretty interesting. Um, and it's you know, and I told them, I said, "This is." They said it was the bowls or the conference. I said, "This is actually the AD. These are the schools. Tennessee does not want to have three weeks of having to sell ten, fifteen thousand tickets. They just rather the bowls do that. And why would they? I mean, it makes great sense. If you, that's the best deal going. If you're going to pay me the same amount of money. And I don't have to justify myself to you. I don't have to promise we're going to – I remember a couple couple years, I think it was one year Orange Bowl. Brian can help me on this. But Tennessee leveraged themselves into something back in the 90s, and they promised – forget what bowl it was. But they promised somebody they would sell X number of – ten. then you end up eating a bunch of them. Yep. So um, – but we'll, we'll move off that. Are you uh, a little surprised – that we've only had five guys jump into the portal as of now, Adam Sparks, or is this about the number you thought? Nah, a little bit surprised. I, I thought it'd be like eight, nine to this to this point. Uh, the trend in college football this year is that a lot of second-year players jump into the portal. I mean, guys finishing up their sophomore years um, because by – and Tennessee has not had that, that slew of guys jump into the portal yet. So – if you think of a guy finishing his sophomore year or redshirt freshman year, 
you think of guys that thought they would have a chance at starting by now. You know, you go in your first year and you say, hey, uh, I'm a freshman, it's fine, I'll redshirt or I'll play a little bit on special teams. But, like, next year I'll kind of get in the mix. Even if I'm not starting, I'll get in the mix, the rotation, the competition, and I'll know sort of when my time to start will come by, by, by my second year. Well, now second-year players that normally would think that are seeing their their school shop around for portal guys for their spots. And then behind them, they're seeing guys signed and getting the the hype that they had previously gotten when they signed, and their time still hasn't come. And so most places around college football right now, those sophomores, the redshirt freshmen, those second-year guys are jumping into the portal. And for Tennessee so far, we're not seeing that. I, I, I kind of circled, you know, towards the end of the season, like, you know, why would these six, seven guys even come back unless maybe they're realistic and think, well, I'm, I'm here and I'm, it's good. And I'm on the punt team and it, you know, and I'll just hang around. So yeah, it did surprise me a little bit, especially that class. Could it be that Josh Heupel just hasn't gotten around to having the conversation with some of them? Do you think that still is to come? Maybe. I mean, I guess it depends on position. Um, you know, a lot of the guys that are still waiting their turn in the secondary are freshmen this year. Um, so I'm sure they're sort of waiting and looking to see if all those COVID seniors are leaving, and two of them have already jumped into the portal, um, uh, Burrell and Turnage, and then one of those freshmen jumped into the portal, Latrell. So you're, you're kind of doing the math there to see, you know, okay, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm going to get my shot here because some other guys are getting weeded out. But then, like, on the offensive line, you've got a lot of guys sort of uh, log-jammed there in those first, in those, like, freshman, sophomore classes of guys that were three stars, some four stars, and they just haven't played at all. And I think they're sort of waiting, too. You know, Mo Clipper jumped into the portal. Addison Nichols did. And that's really the guy that you would circle of, somebody who should have had a shot to start now and hasn't. So I guess it sort of just depends on position. Um, you know, some of these guys may go into the portal once they get a clearer picture of who Tennessee is going after. Um, you know, Tennessee's going hard after tight ends. Well, there's, you know, Ethan Davis is the only tight end that, that would affect. And if they only bring in one, then he's the other guy and he knows he's going to play, um, you know, Linebacker Keenan Peely apparently is coming back, so that really doesn't shake up what they have now. So as long as Tennessee doesn't go get another linebacker, none of those linebackers are going to jump into the portal because they all played this year. So they're sort of thin in some spots, and they're young in other spots. That I think you have to look at it position by position, and there's not as much reason for those guys to jump into the portal yet. Yeah, and that's so. So basically, stay tuned is the message, right? Yep. You would caution fans, this is not all. And you know what's – you paint a picture. So these kids, are they – do they watch the media? Do they do, – do these kids ask you questions like, hey, are they looking at my position? Does anybody ever do that with you? I think, uh, I think uh, players are on Twitter a lot. And, and they're watching. Yes, yeah. and they're they're on the portal trackers a lot. Mm, mm-hmm. They're talking to you know their handlers or former high school coach or whoever they get they give advice from. 
Um, I, I do think, though, I think, if like, if you look last year, Tennessee lost, like, a, there's like a dozen guys, and some a couple of them were walk-ons. They lost in the portal. Like, their portal losses last year were minimal compared to a lot of other Power 5 schools, and so far they're minimal this year. I I, I remember, I can't remember, it was one of the D-linemen, uh, maybe an Eason, uh, one of the D-linemen last year, I remember had the quote where they said, you got to be careful if you get into that portal. You may never come out. You know, it's kind of a funny line. I, I think there's a little bit of an undercurrent on this team that there's sort of a fear. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's smart, but maybe some wisdom in that the grass is not always greener. Uh, I think there's more. I think there's more caution on Tennessee's roster than there are than there is on other SEC rosters about going into the portal in thinking that your next place is going to be better. I don't know if that comes from coaches or just culture in the program uh, or maybe playing enough guys at certain spots. Um, you know, I, I, I think that's a little bit uh, on this team. I think it is position by position. Um, you know, like I said, defensive line, if you can play, Rodney Garner is going to get you in there. If you're, if you're a linebacker and you can play, Brian John Marie's going to get you in there. They rotate a lot of guys. Now, at wide receiver, if you're not the top three, you're probably not playing. So you have to look at it position by position. But I think overall on the roster, they're a little more hesitant to jump into the portal than other places. I noticed you said you didn't say if you're in the secondary, they're going to get you on the field. I, I just find that egregious looking back on this season that they just kept putting the same people out there and expecting different results playing the different playing the same way i mean i don't know was it the veteran players was it the scheme was it a combination of the two it was ugly at times uh adam i think there's a uh there's a little bit of a survival uh philosophy i think in that secondary with the coaches uh with tim banks and willie martinez and it's it's not it's not a hundred percent on them. Um, you know, Tim Banks loves to play man coverage and, and blitz, and he has a bunch of zone uh, uh, defensive backs back there, so he doesn't get to do necessarily what he wants to do. So he sort of just manages with the talent that he has. Um, but then he has a head coach, an offensive coach, who 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 wants to score forty and just just wants his defense to just hold serve. Um, and so, and that's worked fine. I mean, in some ways, I think last year's success sort of led Tim Banks and those coaches to, um, to sort of be cautious in that secondary this year. You know, last year, they were number one in the country at one point, and they ended up 11 and two and won the Orange Bowl because their offense was phenomenal. So, what they did on defense last year with all those old guys and just not giving up a bunch of big plays was good enough, so why wouldn't it be again? I, I, I wonder maybe if they'll change the tune next year, but they may have to because some of these older guys are leaving. How many more old guys, as we visit with Adam Sparks, how many more old guys are going to go into the portal from the secondary, or is that it? Well, I mean, Danico Slaughter and Tamarian McDonald are both technically COVID seniors, but they didn't walk at senior day. So I think there was at least some indication that they're probably coming back. Um, there was what uh, four seniors at corner, two seniors I think at safety. 
McCullough's gone because he's out of eligibility. So McCullough's gone. Turnage is in the portal. Burrell's in the portal. If Slaughter and, and uh, Tamari McDonald are coming back, um, I think they would be welcomed back. And Wesley Walker, well, I guess there were eight total. Wesley Walker and Gabe Judy Lolly. I, I would, I kind of thought maybe Gabe Judy Lolly and or Wesley Walker would be gone, either the NFL or the portal. One of those two. So I'm surprised those guys haven't. I, I, I would circle those two as one that I would I would maybe wait and see on. But I think, you know, Slaughter at times has been their best corner. Um, he, he, he can play safety really well. I could see if those young corners work out next year, maybe you move Slaughter to safety um, or even have him at star, depending on what McDonald does. So, uh, you know, I, I would expect those two guys to be back. I think also the coaches would welcome those two two guys back and so then maybe next year you get a mixture of new young guys but then also have enough older guys that that bank feels feels okay about it so adam sparks joining and there's so many moving parts now to covering a football team at your level like i was laughing with blake topmeyer the other day he said tony you have no idea how glad i am i don't have adam's job he said you just have no he said, I don't know how these guys are doing it because you, you, you're hearing all this stuff and, you know, you've got a kid tomorrow waiting on to see what he's going to do, this five-star uh, offensive lineman. Let me ask you something. Let's say they get him, okay? Let's say they land that kid. First of all, do you think, because they're going to pay a lot of money for him if they get him, do you think they put him on the field uh, right away? And, and if they do, where do you think they give him the first shot? Well, I mean, you would think John Campbell would be at left tackle and then whoever the other guy is at right tackle. I, I think Campbell's just very comfortable at left. And, and and let's say Jordan Seaton, let's say they do get him the five-star tackle, and let's say he's playing immediately. I, I feel like you could talk a guy into being at the at the right side to develop and then move to left his second year. Um, this is all assuming that they were to get him over Ohio State and Oregon. Um, you know, you you could make that sale. I mean, you could say, hey, hey, you know, Darnell Wright with the Bears, he got drafted number ten overall. He was their right tackle. Like it's okay. Um, so maybe you could do that. You could do it the other way. You know, then are you ticking off Campbell? Uh, I don't think so. Campbell's coming back. He's already announced it. You know, probably the odd man out there is in Gerald Mincy. And that could get shaky because Gerald Mincy thought he was he should be the left tackle. He he practiced there early, and then when he got beat out, then he had to go earn a position at right tackle. I think that one would get shaky. He would be the odd man out. And these coaches have to deal with that now. You know, before you would deal with, you know, a recruit's coming in and you're starting and you have two guys that you may, may bicker a little bit over playing time. Now you've got the guys, you've got the guys who could jump into the portal that, that have already played or started. And then you've got other guys, COVID seniors that are then coming back. And they're saying, well, the deal is if I'm coming back, I'm starting exactly where I was. Gerald Mincy could go into the portal. John Campbell's coming back. He's a COVID senior. You, you, uh, Tennessee is looking at offensive tackles in the portal. Is that to add another guy? Or is that to replace Gerald Mincy if he left? Um, were they waiting on John Campbell to decide, which he just did? Um, 
if you bring in the five-star, are you no longer looking for a tackle in the portal? Interesting. How does Gerald Mincy take the fact that a five-star was signed? Interesting. You've got all these different personalities and egos that you have to deal with, and I, I don't I don't see how they do it. I don't envy anybody. And you, like you're t- guarantee you, Mincy's watching Twitter today, like you sure. said. Guarantee you he's saying, okay, if this happens, I'm probably going to – jump and you know go somewhere where i can and who can blame him he's been a pretty good player here uh, not great but pretty good and um and then you're in a, you're in a spot where you're always trying to get better which leads me to this so we've seen tennessee involved with a couple of tight ends we've seen them involved with a, a couple secondary guys what have you um where's the and maybe the the wells kid from uh, south carolina when it's all said and done, okay, and you're looking at this from 10,000 feet, as we all are, but you're a lot closer to it than, than we are. You talk to a ton of people. Um, how many additions do you think we see from the transfer portal? Oh, boy. In this first um, cycle, just in the first cycle. So well, I mean, days. you've got five scholarship guys in the portal now. I, th- I think the ones you lose and the ones you gain, those numbers are going to be pretty similar. The numbers that you add are probably going to be a little little smaller than what you what you lose. Um, it, it, uh, we just don't know because we don't know the COVID seniors. I, I was I was adding it up up the other day, and if you if you take the starting lineup, the twenty two guys. And you and you you figure in the COVID seniors, the uh, portal or the COVID seniors and the NFL guys. So like Barron and Wright. If you take those guys into account and the seniors that they've already lost, you could have one of two scenarios next year. You could have three of twenty-two starters return, or you could have fourteen starters return. You're probably going to have in between those two numbers. But imagine if Tennessee returns 14 starters next year. They're a contender in every way possible. If they return three starters next year, it's a 100% rebuilding year. And so we don't know which where they're going to fall in that range, and that's going to determine you know, how many guys they get in the portal because there's, uh, there's 27 COVID seniors on this team. I think it's like... It's like twenty of them are are scholarship guys. So how many of those guys come back? You know, I mean, John Campbell's coming back. Apparently, Peely is okay. That's two. You know, how many more are coming back? Every time somebody leaves, you suddenly have a scholarship opened up, and and then even you know, and then how much were those COVID seniors making for NIL? Well, now you can put that back into the into the budget and. You can spend that on portal guys. It's there's, there's so much management to this. It's crazy. What's insane, right? Um, I keep hearing. Well, I was saying it today. Fifteen to twenty million dollars is the working number now. If you want to play big boy football and you want to vie for that playoff spot, that's what they think. I mean, how did we get here so quickly? Um, everybody kept upping the ante. Um. You know, and the thing is, we started out with big numbers for quarterbacks, for five-star quarterbacks. Like, Nico was one of them, right? Well, then it shifted to, you're still paying those guys, the five-star quarterbacks, but then you've got to go get portal quarterbacks, and they're going for like two million a pop uh, for, for, you know, a good portal quarterback. So now some teams are paying portal quarterbacks. You're paying five stars a lot of money. 
but then you're also having to manage your roster, um, and then you're overpaying for guys in the portal sometimes. Some teams are getting irritated because they're paying a lot of money for a guy and it's not really changing their program or the team that year. And so then they've got to overpay to get the next guy to be better than the last guy that you paid. And it just goes up and up and up, and there's no salary cap in, in college football. So it's going to get pushed up more and more. And, and you know, if you – if you pay a lot of money and you do get the season that you want, you're going to pay even more next year because what you just did worked out. If you if you paid a lot and you didn't get to where you want to be, but you know everybody else's prices went up, you're going to pay more than you did last year hoping to get a different result. There's just there's just no cap to it. Adam Sparks joining Sean Sinclair. Go ahead. You want to add something? Go ahead, man. Adam, you had, uh, in the beginning of your call, you talked about uh, head coach that wants to score 40 points and let the let the defense kind of hold serve there. So if, the, if that's the case, and I think that's uh, – there are very few megalomaniacs that want to control every bit of their uh, program. Who are, who's making these decisions? Because I, I have a hard – and I have – I love Josh Heupel, but I have a hard time believing that Josh Heupel or any – the cat at South Carolina is making these minute by minute budget decisions. So who's, and then also you're talking about, uh, so is, a, is some junior staffer in the recruiting office? I can't imagine Danny White's doing that. Who are making these cutthroat decisions? Uh, honestly, honestly, I, I don't know. And I don't know who, who yeah, does know. Um, it's a great it's, question. I mean, it's a, I mean, it's a, I'd say it's more of a committee of people. The problem is you, you don't have a general manager like wow. you do in, in the NFL. Yep. And so, you know, the general manager even has, has the owner and has the, has the, the, um, the scouting guys, has the head coach, has the position coach, has the people with the money all in one room. And you sort of have to do it by committee. And, and I think that's how Tennessee, I think that's how most power fives are, are doing it right now. Um, you know, I mean, if you put a if you put a number um, on Jordan Seaton on the five star tackle, you know then if somebody's putting a number on that, then you have to go back to the football people and say, well, how good is this guy? Forget the number. How good is he? Well, he's good enough to start maybe in his first year. Okay, well then we're going to pay him this much money. But then you have to ask the position coach, what is this going to do to the ego yep. of the guys that we have coming back? Yep. And so yep. you have to bring everybody into the room. Which is interesting. Well, so does, if yeah, if ahead, I can, so does to me, that sounds like a lot of outsiders, uh, the Spire Group and their and their uh, colleague, you know, the people the around boosters. the country, sure, and big name bo- uh, big name boosters are getting way more involved, or they should be. I mean, if I if I'm gonna if I own X Y Z company and I want to give a million dollars a year, and you can't get my favorite player quarterback. I, I'm going to have a say in if whether you get a uh, an offensive tackle. So what that that seems to be very messy to me. I, I think I think it probably is. I think the thing is, Josh Heupel has had enough success so far that there is I think there's somewhat of a trust level that it, that you can put it into their hands. Now this year was a a 
was down from where expectations were. If next year they did not meet expectations, I think that's when you start to get more hands and more voices in the room. I think I think the fact that he has had a pretty good amount of success so far has, has sort of held those voices back more hey, than you would think. Hey, Adam, I mean, on the way what, out, let me ask you this. What, what will Seton do tomorrow on the way out? And we're up against it here. Uh, and then tell people how they can find you. And you're the man. Thank you, brother. I have no idea what Seton's going to do tomorrow because I don't know what his price tag is. Um, but he he took the Ohio State uh, visit last. Yep. Either he heard what he wanted there, so that's why he announced his commitment date, or he said this is not what I want, which means Tennessee is what I want, price tag or otherwise. Uh, and and so that visit determined it probably a dollar amount. Uh, yet you can read my stuff in the, the News Sentinel, uh, onlineknoxnews.com, and on Twitter at Adam Spark. If we don't talk between now and then, a wonderful Christmas to you and your family. And be blessed, my friend. Thanks for ta- thanks for uh, spending a few minutes with us. The same to you. Good to be on. All right. The great Adam Sparks one more time. It was really terrific today. We'll do a TLD Logistics overdrive, overtime. To the radio listener, I want to say, uh, our time's aspiring. We will do an overtime segment, so you can go over to tclub.team. Check us out there. Also, read the blog today. Portal Dave's got some information on the uh the uh, goings on on the portals we continue to track it each and every day with you and try to stay as abreast on this thing as possible human po- humanly possible also some thoughts on last night's basketball game it's all there for you tclub.team where we're heading right now peace this is big lou maddox and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle tennessee wkom 101.7 fm columbia